Hi, this is Ann Reckling, and I'm here today with Olivia, who is 15 years old. And um, hi, Olivia. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad uh, that she was able to take the time to talk with me today um, so that we can learn more kind of what the experience is. And I think, Olivia, you can kind of share what it's been like for you um, to live with mitochondrial disease. What? Absolutely. What sort of things, how does it affect you? How does MITO affect you? Um, well, as a rule, it uh, affects my energy levels. I have a very hard time controlling my energy levels. Um, I also, for a very long while, had um, a hard time controlling my weight and my body temperature. Um, my blood pressure is also. Um, my vision has actually gone up and down a lot. Um, I've had kidney issues. It's it's a very long list. Okay. <laughs> You've had a lot then. You've had a lot of involvement. Yeah, you get used to it after a while, but you do um, get a new thing every once in a while. It kind of freaks you out, but with family and everything, it makes it a lot easier. Your family helps you a lot? Yeah. That's great. Are you? It took a while for you to be diagnosed? Yeah. Uh-huh. It took uh, something like nine years? Yep, it was about, what, three months after my ninth birthday. It took nine years. It took uh, nine years. Um, I was failure to thrive until I was about three. What? I didn't hear. Uh, I was failure to thrive apparently until I was three when I got my diagnosis. Uh, nine. Oh, nine. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that was when... So at age nine, do you remember finding out what um, was going on? You know, I actually remember being diagnosed with Kawasaki's disease. Um, I'm not exactly sure when I realized I had something else wrong with me. Um, I remember going on medications. Uh, I was actually on about two or three medications, and I was confused because, you know, the Kawasaki's is over. Why am I still on medications? And... Um. Um, I think that's when it really hit me that there was something else going on. I heard my parents talking about it, but I thought it was just still the Kawasaki's. And but I caught on, and then I started to take more control of it myself. How do you take control of it? What do you do? I take medications daily, about nine medications. Um, uh, other than that, I try to uh, keep myself warm. <laughs> and, okay. Um, I actually have to keep a good monitor on my uh, energy levels while I'm at school. And um, and I have to use a CPAP machine at night, which helps me breathe better. I have sleep apnea. Um, okay. I also have a one-on-one, a one-on-one aide with me while I'm at school. And uh, she can also help me realize when I'm not at my um, peak. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not in full of energy. Okay. Right. Right. How can she tell that you're not? What is she? What do you think she notices? I usually I begin to look um, very pale. Um, my lips can turn blue. Um, I'll start to rub my eyes. Um, I think I've only passed out uh, twice while at school because uh, my aides do a very good job on monitoring me. Um, every once in a while, I won't realize when I'm not well. Um, I also start to shake a lot, too. Okay. 
what is what do you do then? Like, let's say your aide says, "Hey, you look like you're getting too tired." Do you, what do you um, do? Do you go home? Do you go to the well? Nurse's office? I I have uh, usually two options. I go to the nurse's office. I lie down for about a half an hour. When I get up, if I don't feel any better or if I don't look any better, um, I will call my mom, and okay. then she will come pick me up. Okay. It sounds like you guys have a good plan, a plan that helps. Yeah. And you have to stay warm, so it sounds like temperature is a, is, a, is an issue. Yeah. Um, I'm a little not different exactly than your sure. brother. Yeah. yeah um, mine all seems to differ a lot between even siblings. Um, my brother and I don't have many of the same symptoms other than fatigue. I mean, our eyes are very much the same, but other than that, you know, he has... Um, mostly uh, eye issues and um, respiratory issues. I have uh, mostly cardiac issues and fatigue issues um, with all that other stuff, but. What was it, what's it like, I guess, having a brother? I know it's, it's like you have different symptoms, but you're sharing, I mean, you have the same disease. Well, what's Harry, it like? Um, Terry and I, I guess, have a pretty close relationship because of it. Um, we understand what each other is really going through, even though we don't have many of the same symptoms. Um, we've only known that Harry has had Mito for like three years. Mm-hmm. And before that, I was the. Before that, he was just always the guy who was trying to learn more, and he, he was being a great big brother. And now I just think that we've become closer. That you're able to probably support each other. Oh yeah, like a lot you, of the time. And like you said, understand each other um, in ways that other people don't. Now, did you go to school all the way through? Um, I was raised through my diagnosis. You mean? No, just through. I mean, I know. I'm sure you missed school. It sounds like being in the hospital. But did they ever have to home? You know, school you at home, or did you stay in school um, most of the time? You know, I get tutorially supported for most of my classes at home, but when I, whenever I'm able, I try to get in school as soon as possible. So it's like I'll go and I'll audit some classes. I'll come home and I'll actually get the real lesson in that class. And um, that way, you know, I really get the social-emotional aspect of school without having to have pressures of all the classes and I can stay longer. That's neat. That's great that you figured out a way to work it, work it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. How has it been with friends? Um, my friends get it somewhat. They've been extremely supportive. They get very nervous when I'm not in school. Um, um, actually, in eighth grade, I was out for like two or three months, and um, there were a couple rumors that my friends heard that they got back to me as soon as possible. One rumor was I was terminal. I was dying of, like, oh. stage 4 lung cancer. And the other one was I got hit by a 18-wheeler. So, oh, my <laughs> Some days you might feel like you've been hit by an 18-wheeler, but, oh, wow. Uh, but like... my, friends are actually, uh, my friends are actually really great. I appreciate their support. And... Um, I I have kept a lot of really great friends. That's neat. That's neat. It sounds like you and your family have worked a way out 
a way around to, to make sure that the social part stays, you know, an important part of your life. Yeah, it's a, um, it's like guess and check really because uh, we, we've tried that a couple times and it hasn't worked and this is the first year where we've been able to keep it um, uh, pretty uh, not stable, but um, constant. Like, me constant, being able like, to go to school and yeah. Are there other things that you're? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty busy. You know, taking care of yourself and then also social and academic. Are you? Are there other things that you are able to do? Um, um or, I really enjoy fencing. I fence when I'm able. Um, wow. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> That's um, great. I also um, am very artsy. I draw a lot. I um, work with clay. Oh, that's me. Um, it sounds like it sounds like you have a very full life. Yeah, I, I try to make it as full as possible. You know, try to make yeah. up for the time that I'm sick and everything. Yeah, yeah. What keeps you going when you're sick? What? I guess what inspires um, you? What keeps you? Well, it's. Uh, I know it sounds odd, but when I'm sick, for like the first day, I go, I look at the TV guide, and I schedule all the TV shows that are going to be on, so I know that, okay, well, I'm pretty bored right now, let's go watch TV. I try to get up and walk when I can, but that's not always a uh, option, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'll uh, sit up and uh, work on some art, I'll finish homework. Um, when my friends are out of school, I'll call them, they'll talk to me for a pretty long time. Um, yeah, I was out for like 124 days last year, so <laughs> it's um, that's a lot. Yeah, and I was on bed rest for three months because I was diagnosed with uh, congest- congestive heart failure. Um, I tried to keep that pretty under wraps, though. Um, I didn't really tell my friends all the details until it was over with because I didn't want them to worry. Wow, you didn't want to scare them. Yeah. No. Hard to be on bed rest when you're 14 or 15. <laughs> you know, I was I was very upset. I was extremely bored. It, every it just seems like you've done everything that you could possibly do over and over, and you, you get pretty bored. But you try to uh, you try to get through it by thinking of like the good things you're going to be able to when you're better. Okay. And you were able to do it. Yeah. You got through it. Wow. If you if you had, if you, like, met somebody, let's say, I'm just imagining, uh, let's say you met another kid who was 14, and let's say they were just diagnosed, what kind of things would you want them to know? What would you want to tell them? Um, well, it is a pretty rare disease, so I would want to know that they aren't alone and that there are ways you can manage it. It's going to take a while, but it, you'll get used to it. You have to live through it. You can't survive it. So you can't just let it be that thing that your life revolves around because when you do, it just consumes everything in your life. That's beautiful. I mean, it's wonderful. I think I was also saying this with your brother. I just, I've, I felt like it's such a gift to be able to interview uh, a lot of teenagers who are dealing with this because it's awesome the way pretty much everybody that I've talked with has found a way to live their life and to enjoy their life and to live it to the fullest. And um, 
I think you all are very inspirational. Both Thank for the you other very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Both for the other teenagers, but also for um, for the parents, like I am, of a, of a younger child with this disease. I think that uh, you all kind of have words of wisdom to pass on to both parents and to the kind of kids that are growing up with us. Um, yeah, I really hope that I can help those younger kids because um, there there wasn't really a lot of people that could help my family and myself out when my brother and I were diagnosed because we'd never heard of it. It, it wasn't something like... <laughs> Uh, it, it wasn't something like, uh, I, I know it sounds horrible, but it wasn't like cancer that people knew about. It wasn't like heart disease. It wasn't like, you know, right. something like that that was well known, which I'm sure is still extremely hard. It's just, it's something that nobody's ever heard of. You don't know what the symptoms are. You don't know what the ramifications are. And you have to kind of live through it like, okay, what's going to happen next until you get a good handle on it. Right. And even the doctors don't always know what's going to happen next. No, um, um, they really don't. <laughs> I I was actually uh, in a stress test, and my blood pressure decided to really hit the floor. It was uh, what? Uh, forty-eight over two. It was like forty-eight. It was like forty-eight, uh, fifty-eight over forty. And um, did you hit the, the floor? I didn't actually. A team, uh, the doctor hit the code button. And an entire an entire floor of doctors ran into the room and started rubbing the paddles together. And I'm like, you can't shock me. I'm not in cardiac arrest. And, of course, I've, I've seen all this on TV watching ER and something, and I'm having right. a heart attack. Right. And my mom's, like, sitting, standing there, saying, just sit, sit her up, lay her back down and sit her, and then she'll be fine. That's, that's it funny. Was, uh, Out of a crazy way, yeah. You probably surprised the doctors when you said, no, you're not going to shock me. They yeah. You to, they weren't expecting you to speak. No, no, they were pretty uh, sure I was passed out by then. <laughs> with with the disease being unknown, have you felt like you've had to explain it to more people in the community that you live in or more the school? You know, i got to say, that is probably my least favorite part of the disease. I mean, I know what it is. I know how to handle it, but when it comes to, like, explaining it and educating other people about it, it gets so complicated because yeah. even though it sounds simple to me and my family, it is so complex to other people, and it's nobody's fault. They don't live it every day, and barely anybody knows what it is. So when it comes to it, I'm just kind of describing myself as a battery needing to be recharged, and, I mean, it sounds silly, but... It's the only way I know how to get it across. Yeah, yeah, and yet, uh, and yet, it's so much more complicated yeah. than a battery. But how do, how do you get across? And that's um, yeah. You know, I basically start at the mitochondria. I'm like, okay, so do you know the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, and it's in almost every cell in your body, right? Well, mine don't work, and I try to make it sound funny because. If I don't, it sounds incredibly scary, and I right. don't want people to start, you know, pitying me or being scared for me, because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to educate them. Educate and, and do that differently. Have you had to educate people? I have. Um, I've helped to educate my teachers, um, my friends. That was definitely um, interesting. 
Um, They actually took it pretty well, though. Um, My mom helps me a lot trying to get across everything. Um, I I find I have to put a lot of things in, like, layman's terms, but it's so much easier to uh, explain it using all the medical stuff because that's what I've heard. Right. I had to um, kind of a funny story in a in a funny way and a different crazy way too. But I I had to ex- I was trying to explain to a kindergarten class my son's kindergarten class what a pick line was because the central <laughs> line because I didn't want them to pull on it and they wanted to know why he was wrapped you know had this thing in his arm and um, I went in there with this idea that I would tell them well it was like an IV and. It was funny because I was standing in front of the class explaining that what an and they said, so how many of you know what an IV is? And they, all yeah. looked at me, they didn't have a clue. And, you know, you get conditioned to know all these medical things that when it you think. It becomes the second nature. Right. And it isn't to other people. So right. it, is, it is different. I'm so glad you were willing to speak with me. Um, do you have any? I'm actually very happy that you called. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Do you have anything that you want to add, or um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I I think I think uh, I said everything that I would want to say. That's wonderful. That's great. And I do think those of you at your age who are living with this, it's beautiful how you truly are living with it. Um, and not just survive, which is awesome. So I'm going to sign off. If you can just hang on. Oh, I need to ask you: Is it okay if we um, use the interview and put it on the um, website? Yes, absolutely. Okay, awesome. Hang on, just a minute.